0: Hello and welcome to the Capital Hive podcast, where we talk all about entrepreneurship, business, and experiences. Please give a warm welcome to our guest, and let's just have him introduce himself. Hey guys, um, just letting you know, there's not going to be an introduction, but as you know, there's a standard intro, so we cannot change that. Um, Yeah, this is just where we're going to continue off with the podcast with Jess, and hope you enjoy the last part of it. And looking forward to what you think. Bye.
1: Okay. Is is the question, how how do we know how well the staff are sort of being looked after?
0: Yeah. How they're performing well and how they can learn to perform better. Because one thing is to know that you're underperforming. But another thing is to actually know how to improve upon it.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is a great question, actually, and very timely. So... Uh, Actually, I should also probably explain to our listeners, um, Asitry is a private equity group, so we don't actually run all these businesses. We buy a business, and then we, yeah, for the most part, there's a leadership team or a management team that runs the business. Um, But we do get involved in some of the strategic direction. And one of the areas that I'm very passionate about is talent management, and I've been doing, working with the management team for FHP, engineering services solutions, and we've put together a, it's like a performance appraisal, but a more modernized version. So we call it the three P's uh, personal progress plan. And we're going to be rolling these out uh, to the team members shortly. And uh, your question was like, how do we sort of keep on top of the performance levels?
0: yeah and how do you give them the chance to let's say they underperform in something and how do you give them the chance to actually improve upon it like like learning how to improve because saying yeah you don't you're not focused enough is one thing but how do you teach them to be more focused
1: yeah it's a great question and and probably one that will i i would say we're we're not 100 percent there yet but rolling out the personal progress plan again, a modernized performance appraisal is a great way. So what we've done with this is the team member, as well as their line manager, um, sort of do a bit of homework before they come. So both of them have to say what this team members strengths are, as well as what their areas of improvement are. So it's encouraging the individual to sort of self-reflect. And I think self-reflection is a great way for people to figure out how how and where they want to improve as opposed to their line manager telling them where they think they should improve because sometimes depending on the person you're only going to change if you want to rather yeah. than if someone else wants you to
0: and you think that's just a mentality or do you think they're it's just a cultural thing nowadays that people prefer doing things on their own
1: probably a cultural thing. I mean, yeah. I don't, what what are the, the, the there's millennials? I'm a millennial. What are you?
0: I'm a Gen Z. So. You're a
1: Gen Z. Yeah, I think we're we're more about, oh, I don't want to be told what to do. I want to go figure it out on my own. I think we're more of that mentality. So, so therefore incorporating more self-reflection into sort of performance appraisal type things, I think is probably the way to go.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure where I've read this, but this one where uh, that's been talked about that boomers are like, they're so trusting that if you tell them to do something, they'll go, yeah, I'll do that for you. You can tell them a lot of things. Of course, there's a border to where it can go with it. But boomers are very trusting compared to millennials and Gen, Gen Z. we are more like, I'll, I'll actually double check that on Google. You know what?
1: <laughs> I'd also love to know, Jens, like, what's it like at school? Do you or your teachers have a sort of a feedback mechanism. So if your performance is great or needs improving, although I'm sure it's great, how do they do it there?
0: Well, of course there's grades, so those are always like a feedback mechanism in some way. Uh, but there's there's a lot of time, I feel like compared to, well, I'm not that old yet, but compared to when I went in the first year, you just got your grades and then that was it, improve on that, study more or so on worse. And now it's more like, all right, that's where you did wrong, check that and you'll be better for the next time. Because now it's more like it's a compounding effect. If you're bad at the first subject, you're definitely going to be bad in subject 10, because subject 10 has an inclusion of subject one. So it's the build up that they teach you more and how to reflect. And I feel like it's a lot of it nowadays is they teach you to look at yourself and say, hmm, this is something I definitely need to work on. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's interesting. Really... And sometimes also there's, if someone either at school or, you know, in the workplace is not performing, there's always a reason, like there's a deep reason why. And just to add on to that, sometimes it's, you know, the teacher's fault or the line manager's fault. Maybe they haven't given clear instructions or set clear expectations so when it comes to a team member improving I think it's really important these days to look at the holistic picture and instead of saying this person is crap let's look at you know the the wider picture what were they told to do were they given all of the resources they need like in school were you given all the resources you need to do xyz um there's also things you know we just don't know what's happening in people's Home life too, and I'm not saying we should always dig deep into it, but I'm definitely more on the side of giving, uh, giving a bit more compassion in in the workplace too. I'm not saying you know if people are completely not performing that we should just say hey it's fine don't worry, but you know a bit of compassion I think goes a long way.
0: So you're a big advocate of that. Sometimes people try their best. And we have to see that even if they are underperforming to what you actually need them to do. But how far does that go for you? So if some team member really you can see is trying hard. But at the end of the of the end of the day, it's not good enough for your company, what do you do then?
1: You know, if a team member is trying hard, it tells me that they've got the right attitude. If they're underperforming, but trying hard, have they been given all the resources they need? If they have been given all the resources and they're trying hard and there's sort of quote unquote no excuses, I'll probably think, hmm, this is not their natural skill set. They are yeah. probably in the wrong seat. And therefore, instead of saying, let's let them go, why don't we say, can we re-sounds a bit clinical, but can they be repurposed? Or I guess a nicer way of saying it is, where can they sit in the business where they would thrive. So, if that situation happened, I would hope, or hope that our managers would say, "Let's look at this person's skill sets. What would they be amazing at?" Or even ask the person, "You know, is there somewhere else you want to be?" You know, you've got you've got some people who are in sales, but actually, they just love the technical side of delivery and they hate the actual sell, even though they're. Yeah, they're very technically savvy. So then, they, in which case, they should move departments.
0: Hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt this discussion here with our sales and uh, sorry, our how to improve in your team. But I really want to get into how you choose to invest in different companies in your new firm you started. So what's a what's the biggest number one key factor? You say, all right, let's invest into this team or this startup
1: um the number one thing will be who are we buying the business from and what are their values number one thing we look at before we look at anything else And um, then you look at like the financials and things like that although i will also add you know we do have like a hunting brief so we don't It would be rare for us to look at a business with a turnover of less than usually three million, but some we make certain exceptions for.
0: And let's say you look at the team, what's the thing you look for? Is it thrive? Is it the right values? Is it good team play? What is it you're looking for? That's
1: a great question. It's. I want to use the word integrity but I also want to just delve a little deep into what, what that means In, integrity is, you know, is, is, are you giving a good, good product to your customers and how well do you look after your customers? How well do you look after your team members? Um, do you, you know, do you treat everyone with integrity and respect? Uh, respect would be the second one. So integrity, respect, and on the spot, I can't think of the third. But if I had more time, I would be yeah. good. And,
0: <laughs> but what I've read in a lot of business books is that good startups they have a purpose. So that like, that's is that word you were looking for? Maybe um, something like where the they found it because they had a problem themselves. Is that something you looked for as well? So like a personal story that makes a startup very reasonable. Like investing in or having it grow because there's people and a live person to show that there is a problem in that area
1: um i guess because with startups generally you're right they they find a problem and they figure out how to solve it whereas the businesses we've got generally they're what's the polite term behind closed doors we might say they're boring businesses like in engineering but they're really important to society and really support the the infrastructure um so so the businesses we buy are generally they were set up because there was a, a big demand for these services um so it's not as sexy as startups sadly i always find you know that they've they've got a problem and then they figure out a really creative interesting usually techie way to solve it but yeah we're 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 a little bit less sexy than that
0: so what is the startups you look for like now you mentioned less sexy but what does that mean
1: um so we only invest in to established businesses so for example uh fhp engineering services solutions we're celebrating our 50th 50th year um this year. Whereas I think a lot of startups usually they're like years one one to three, whereas the businesses we look at are um yeah, probably about five years old minimum.
0: And that's because you want something stable, or what's the reason you don't want to invest in something that's four months old? That's <laughs> two guys out of a garage.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're you're quite right. We're looking at um yeah is it sustainable and is it scalable we're not venture capitalists where we're sort of taking a punt on two people and you know crossing our fingers that they grow we're looking at something that's got proven track record because um, at the end of day it, it's an investment so you wouldn't you know invest in a property and say oh I really hope um, I'll get rent from this um, it's the same with a business. You would say okay well it's made this amount of profit for the last three years let's take an average okay this is probably the kind of profit we can expect moving forward if nothing else changes maybe if we make these few tweaks like you know look at r d tax credits or uh, look at um talent management initiatives or things like that maybe we can improve the profitability
0: so you're definitely looking for stable things that you can grow slowly and over time
1: Yes, because we invest with uh, a lot of our own money. I think we've got a couple of uh, investors that I had back in my property days. Um, So we're we're not into taking risks with our capital at all. I mean, we'll take educated risk. Yeah. Uh, And I say that with no disrespect to anyone who's a startup at all, by the way, um, because you know some of those ideas will will go to the moon literally um but yeah that's not our our bag we we invest in stable sustainable scalable businesses
0: and when you invest is it your intention to take a majority share in the company so you take decisions or is it that you'll have a 30 so you'll have a big influence of course but it's more like a sideline where you invest the money you want want to see it keep on growing the same people
1: great question Jens um so Yeah, our intention is, is for the most part, we buy 100% of the company. However, we're also big fans of collaborating with the business owner. And sometimes the business owner wants to stay on for a good number of years afterwards. And there's a great phrase where someone says, why would you pay the most important person of the business to leave? Which is a good point. So we always try and collaborate with the business owner and if they want to stay on, uh, then essentially we could give them two bites of the cherry so they can sell part of their business. Now we'll help grow it. And then, you know, that in a good few years, maybe there's a time where we're all happy to sell and then they'll get another exit as well. So the, yeah, it really just depends on, on what the business owner wants and what we're comfortable with. And then we create, uh, I guess that's where the magic happens, where you create the deal structure to try and make it win-win for everyone.
0: So now you choose, let's say, let's take a normal day for you. What, what, what goes on in this normal day for you? Is it a lot of like finding companies? Is it helping companies or what, what's your actual day-to-day life like?
1: It, it varies <laughs> so much. Um, so So with some of our businesses where, you know, there's a big project on and maybe the management team, they just need an extra pair of hands. Uh, I could be supporting with doing some interviews for the company. Again, this is quite rare, but yeah, I'll be interviewing (laughs) trainees or senior lawyers or something like that. Um, And then other, other parts of my day, I could be meeting with our accountants to look at the company structure, of asset tree and looking at the individual business accounts as well, and just deciding how we want to structure certain things. Um, And then I could have a meeting with a management team in one company and we're reviewing, you know the personal progress plans and uh, just saying, okay are you guys happy with this? Who else in the business should we ask for feedback on it? So very varied. And there's a bunch of admin stuff I have to do as well, but that's, yeah.
0: So what's your preferred, like, what's your preferred activity right now in asset tree?
1: Ooh, great question. Mm Yeah. I love anything to do with getting to know the people within the different businesses. And as the, as the shareholder, it's, I wouldn't say it's something that we're we necessarily quote unquote, should should be doing. Um, but i I get a lot of enjoyment from, yeah speaking speaking to the people within the business, finding out like how, how is how is the work culture? like how how do you find it? because it, it, we're as shareholders, we're a bit more removed. We're not in the day-to-day environment of the company. So we don't go into the offices every day, like the team used to do before covid um so yeah i'm just so fascinated by people like what's the what's, yeah what's it like uh so one of the things that i love doing as well is um company surveys so we usually when we go into a business and it's sort of we've been introduced officially to the, the team uh i do a company survey just to find out like how the mental well-being is uh it's anonymous and they don't have to answer those questions, by the way, Um, you know, do you feel supported by by your team? Um, What do you think could be improved about the company? I love, I love it when you've got a team member who's comfortable sharing what could be improved about the company, because that's great feedback They're They're giving advice on how we could improve the company like oh, one of our little babies for lack of a better word. So, so yeah, so getting to know the team uh, and also getting to hear their thoughts.
0: All right, I think that's a great way to, or at least segment into the five standard questions to end yeah. this off because it will be a very long podcast. Um,
1: you can cut as much as you want, by the way.
0: Yeah, uh, no, no, It's it's been great. It's been fun, um, but we just have to look at that. We don't make it way too long. So let's start off with the first one. What's your biggest regret buying or investing in? And by that, we do not mean a stock or a company. We mean more like an expensive watch with your first, I don't know, your first job money or something like that.
1: Okay. I'm going to give a a slightly holistic answer on this. My biggest regret uh, is investing into all the time I was giving myself self-hate. So when I was 16 to 20 or whatever, oh man, I spent so much time hating myself, telling myself how, can we swear on your podcast?
0: No? Sure, we'll, we'll bleep it. I won't,
1: I won't, I won't. no, I won't. Tell <laughs> me tell how, like how crap I am, how, you know, inadequate I am. And I should have just spent that time like just, you know, learning a different skill set, or, you know, why was I spending so much time like hating myself? I would just sit in my room, just negative monologue of negative stuff. Um, So that would be my biggest regret.
0: And why do you think you have that monologue? Now, if you don't want to share this, don't feel forced.
1: No, uh, I think it's it's almost a natural part of being a teenager, I think. Um, You know, we're always comparing ourselves to other people. And we tell ourselves, like, oh i should be skinnier i should do more work i should work harder instead of just hey this is me this is where i'm at that's cool if i want to you know get abs right let me let me look let me research how to do it and then let me take the appropriate action um yeah so that's my but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, just uh, yeah. Why was I? I'll have to contemplate that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's a very interesting answer. Uh, we have not used these that much yet, but they have gotten was very interesting answers. It's kind of cool. Looking forward to them always. But now let's turn it around. What's your num? What's your biggest or best investment you have had? Not biggest, just best investment.
1: Yeah. So the best investment I've ever made is time invested into um my relationship with my dad and my fiance and this time time taken to understand them as individuals um it's just, yeah my uh, an investing time in something that my fiance and I called safe space which is basically someone has lots of a em- person X, has lots of emotions they need to express and you have to create a safe space where you take your ego out and you just observe and whatever happens in this space there is no judgment and you can't use it against the person so it's a safe it's a completely safe space and investing time giving you know my partner or my dad a safe space it's it's just worked wonders um in our relationship so that would be my best investment
0: i think that's a good answer um now this one is usually where the where people go a bit oh i don't i have not prepared anything for this but what's your you have all right that's good what's your favorite quote and why
1: okay when you Jens when you first asked me this question or you sent me the questions i was like yeah got it uh (laughs) it is and when you want something all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it and that is it's uh, from the alchemist Paolo Coelho. I'm so sorry. I've probably butchered his name. Paolo Coelho. I think that's how you pronounce it, but could be wrong. But from The Alchemist, my favourite book.
0: And, and why is it your favourite quote?
1: Because it reminds me that, one, the universe is magical. And even if, like, a whole bunch of crap is happening in your life, it's the universe is is sort of conspiring and it's all for your greater good. Like there's a reason why that crap is happening to you and it's gonna be okay. And it's all for your greater good. So just deal with that as it comes and it's all gonna be okay. And equally, if there's something you really want that you've put out to the universe, you know what? I don't need to stress about trying to force this to happen. If it's meant to happen. The universe will conspire to make it all okay. So that's why it's my favorite.
0: I think that's a very good explanation of every thought through explanation. Um yeah, now you've told us a lot about how you've made money, but what's the weirdest way you have made money before?
1: Oh, okay. I could have gone two directions with this, but I'll, I'll go I'll go I'll go in the safer one. Um I've always loved managing money. And when I was, I think 16 my friend, he just used to buy loads of like crap from the internet. And then he came to me, I was like, Jeff, I can't stop spending money. I need some help. Can I pay you to manage my money? I uh, was 16 at the time, right? So it's not like we've got like thousands and thousands in the bank. And I was like, yeah, sure, yeah. So he, he just paid me to get him to not spend money.
0: <laughs> That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, but so the money he like saved, he didn't like give it all to me, but he just, I think he paid me like, yeah, a fiver or something to help him not, not spend money for a week.
0: That yeah. seems cool. Now you mentioned the safe route. Don't be forced, but what was the other one now that now I'm interested okay. in?
1: So if we're looking at money in terms of a currency, it is a long story. And to this day, I swear I didn't do anything wrong, but I ended up in an Australian detention centre because I had the they thought I had the wrong visa. I had, Add a tourist visa, they canceled it and then said, well, now you're an illegal immigrant. So we're gonna to have to detain you and deport you. Huh, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but in the detention center, it was like Butlins for, so Butlins is like a holiday camp with activities. So yes, it was like a holiday camp for criminals. And it was really fun actually. I would speak to like all, all the like quote unquote criminals about like, what's your goals? Like, what do you wanna do when you get out? What are your ambitions? Have you read the Alchemist? Anyway, how I made money there was, um, uh, if you do like an arts and crafts session, you get points and those points you can, uh, you can exchange for things at the tuck shop. So, um, or, or you can, you know, do morning workouts, uh, with like these drill sergeants, uh, and then you get points and then you can exchange at the tuck shop. So I racked up all my points doing all these super fun activities in a detention centre and then would swap it for international phone credit. So I could tell my mum and dad, hey, just so you know, I'm locked up in an (laughs) Australia (laughs) detention centre, don't worry, it'll be okay. And when I called my dad, he was on a plane and it was about to take off and the flight attendant was like, Sir, you need to get off your phone. And he's like, Jez, I'm so sorry. Just, what? And yeah, so he had to get off the phone and he had just found out his daughter was in a detention center. And I don't know if I if he had enough time for me to say, Hey, I'm fine though. <laughs> so so that's probably the, the weirdest way I've sort of had to make money by attending some fun arts and craft things in a detention center
0: yeah that is literally the weirdest (laughs) way we have had the story until now let's move on to the last one and i like this one especially a lot what's your number one bucket list goal right now and let's ignore corona and we can travel and everything that's more fun
1: this one was actually very hard for me because i've just been so business 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 focused but if you ask me from a business perspective, what is the bucket list? It is to plant a million trees. Whenever we buy a business or do a deal, we, we plant some trees after tree kind of fitting. Um, but in my personal life, my bucket list is to get married, <laughs> to get married and organize the wedding when this Corona stuff sort of dissipates slightly. So yeah, so, I'll, and have a meaningful wedding. I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't want to do things just because that's the way things are done with weddings. I want it to be meaningful and I want it to be a celebration of love. So love for the friends that we invite love for the family members we invite and, you know, thanking them and sharing the insights we've learned about love from all the friends and family and make it very meaningful.
0: I think that's a great way to end the podcast. Is there anything you want to say before we end it?
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Yens. Um, I loved your questions; they were so interesting and actually made me think. I've I've never done a podcast before, so sorry if I waffled at all. No, that's that. You're you're great. <laughs> but yeah, just thank you for um for creating this this space, and I'm actually just really excited to see see where you go. Um, maybe I'll have a podcast one day, and and I can interview you. <laughs>
0: Hope you enjoyed this podcast and we'll be back with another episode next Saturday. See you then.